Welcome to Spirit School. I'm your mentor, Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. In this podcast, I share honestly all I have learned about the mediumship and spiritual development journey. My intention is to normalize these conversations, to make way for a more confident, clear, and connected wave of lightworkers, serving the world of spirit with an open and joyful soul. Welcome again to Spirit School. and welcome back to spirit school happy new year happy 2022 officially this is my first time recording in 2022 even though you got your spirit messages on the 2nd of january this is the first time i recorded in 2022 so excited to be here with you another year of podcasting on december 22nd i celebrated two years as a podcast and the spirit school podcast so That's very exciting for me. I have no intentions on stopping or slowing down every time I get a hit or an inspiration on releasing and recording a podcast episode, I will definitely come and do that. So this is an inspirational episode that came to me in December and the timing just wasn't right. But now it feels like a really good time to talk about this topic of development So I wanted to share some maybe tips and inspirations on your own development journey near the end of this podcast episode, but I'm going to start by sharing my development journey, a little bit about it. Some of it you may have heard, other pieces you may not have heard. So I will start by just letting you know how this journey unfolded for me. I find that anytime I share my stories as vulnerable as that is, a lot of people message me because they're able to kind of see different aspects of their own journey within mine. And in some ways that is very comforting. And I get that. That's kind of why I started this podcast, because I wanted to talk about topics that I just didn't hear other people talking about. I have had more and more people of my peers reach out to me in the past year saying that they listen to my podcast and they're so grateful I'm talking about some of these things and it makes them feel less alone. So that's very exciting for me as well. So whether you're a peer, a student, a future student, or just a longtime listener, welcome. I hope you enjoy a little bit of the story and hopefully you get something out of it for your own development journey as well. I do have a hot cup of tea, so sometimes you might hear me slurping a little bit. As a mom, it's very rare to have a hot cup of tea. So (laughs) I'm going to enjoy that while we are having this little coffee and conversation. Okay, so my development journey formally started in... 2013, after the birth of my daughter, I had a reading with a medium who was probably the seventh medium I had seen since I was 17, who had said that I was a medium. I was starting to believe that they all said this to every single client. I never left a single session where people were telling me this thinking I was a medium. I just brushed it off. I forgot about it. I was very aware of mediums my whole life, obviously since 14. I've talked about this a lot, how I used to watch John Edwards religiously on TV, had a VHS recorder, I would VHS tape every crossing over episode and every time Sylvia Brown was on Montel Williams, I had tapes upon tapes upon tapes and everybody in my family watched it, my parents, my brother, we all enjoyed watching mediums on TV. So mediumship was in my awareness, but the thought that I would be a medium just wasn't in my cards. I never thought about it. And I never believed any of these people. But something about 
this reader, I really, really resonated with her. For one, she gave me the best reading I've ever had, even to this day. I won't say her name. She's no longer in this work. She's taking a different path. So there's no point in saying the name, to be honest with you. But she was the clearest, most profound, life-changing reading I'd ever had. And she was doing development circles. So, I mean, I lived about a two-hour drive away from where she was working. But I was very interested and there was just something that shifted inside of me after that session where I said, okay, yep, I'll come to your development circle, but I'm not going to do the mediumship development circle. I'm going to do the intuitive development circle because I was that convinced I was not a medium. And so she was like, okay, sure, I guess so. But I really think you need to go into the mediumship one. Nope, I'm not a medium. So sure enough, our first class I was about an hour and a half way there and she had called me to say that class was canceled because no one else could make it. And I was like, oh, darn. Okay. Cause I, I've already been on the road for an hour and a half. Like it was a huge commitment for me to leave my brand new baby with my husband who had no interest in spirituality and thought I was a total nut job losing my mind to spend all this time. And I think it was like at six o'clock at night. So it was like during rush hour, like it was just like a really big ordeal. So I let her know that and she ended up saying, okay, just come anyways, we'll figure something out. So lo and behold, just me and one other person ends up showing up and she just said, let's just sit and see what happens. And so she just had me close my eyes and she was like, what do you see? She was a clairvoyant. So everything was about seeing. And what I saw was shadows. Even today, my clairvoyance, when I close my eyes in particular, is very shadowy. It's just gray scale, not a whole lot of color. I see more color now. My clairvoyance has definitely opened over the years. But all I saw was like the shadow. There's two shadows. And I was like, there's two. But I knew that the bigger one was older. And I knew that one of them was like this young man. So I just knew something. So I just started saying the things that I knew. And then I said, can I say a name? And so I said this name. And then this woman just like grabbed me by my arms. And she was like, <gasps> she gasped. And that was a very scary moment for me because I could feel like empathetically and through my sentience, I know now her despair, her grief, her desperation almost. It was a very desperate moment and she had just lost her son eight months before and I had said his name and had tuned into her mother at the same time as well. But that pressure that I felt, that grief, I should say, really rocked me. I'd never experienced anything like it. And I buckled under pressure in that moment and I stopped connecting and she was trying to explain to me what was happening. And I don't remember the rest of that experience, to be honest with you. That's all I remember. And I remember going home, driving home that night, my hand was like literally over my mouth. I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked. And I have been aware of spirit guides for a very long time because I had my first experience with my spirit guide when I was seven. But then I've also been reading Celia Brown books since I was 15. So I read all 42 of the books that she had released by the time I left high school before I left high school. So I was that into mediumship, not understanding that that was actually a sign had no idea. So on the way home, I was blown away. I was like giggling. I was crying. I was blown away. I was in disbelief. Doubting thoughts started coming in. And then I made my first real declaration to the world of spirit where I said, okay, I can recognize now and I can understand that you have been guiding me to this path multiple times over my life. 
I won't get into all the different stories I have around that, but this was like the third time that spirit had brought this path and this opportunity to me. And I made a declaration to them in that moment. And I said, I can see that now. And I am making a vow to you in this moment that I'm on this path and I'm never leaving this path. I will spend the rest of my life on this path, whatever it is. And I have kept that honor now going on almost nine years. So that was the beginning of my development journey. It was very declaration-based because, and this is what I teach a lot in the initiation, the calling, all the different programs that I run. I'm like, you have to make these bold declarations. There's so many people waiting for a signing or sign that they need to be on this path. And I am a testament that spirit has been bringing me signs very clearly since I was 17 that I should look into this path and I never took it. That was my divine free will. And so I actually had to make my declaration at 31 that, okay, I recognize these signs now and I'm going to hop on this path. So not knowing what to do online development wasn't in my awareness at the time. I don't know if there is online development in 2013. I have no idea. I just trusted this woman so much that I stayed under her container and in her wing for three, three and a half years. I developed under her and her circles. And I was probably one of her longest standing development clients. She was a very strict teacher. You weren't allowed to mentor under anyone else if you were mentoring under her. And I abided by that. And I actually ended up working for her in exchange for mentorship because it was very heated in my relationship with how expensive development can be, especially when you're working with a teacher with experience and a little bit proven, like they charge their worth. And so it was pretty expensive, I guess. So we worked out a deal because I was very business savvy. I was very computer savvy and technologically savvy. And so I did some things in exchange for her and I did mentor under her. But that structure of mentorship was very slow and steady for me because it was only one day a month for five hours a day. So it was basically a workshop a month and there wasn't anything organized or set up between. So it was really up to me to kind of figure out what I was going to do in between my sessions. I was very much in the closet. At this point in time, I didn't even tell the extended family or my friends that I was doing this. So doing practice readings was almost like not happening because those five hours of class time and whatever we were organized was all I was really getting. So when I talk about my development journey being a very slow and steady one, this is what I'm talking about. I didn't know any other way. I was just merely following the guidance of my mentor at the time. And then in my off time, what I was doing is I had a very, very dedicated and devoted meditation practice. It wasn't traditional meditation. It was definitely a lot more active, a lot more visualization. I did spend a majority of those sitting sessions every night for 30 minutes. I would sit in the power and or I would do a visualization to get a calling card for my spirit guide because... They'd been bringing me so much magic that I was like, I need to know when you're here and I need something very physical because I was very, very skeptical. And so over the course of probably about two years doing this very regularly, the development unfolded in a beautiful way. And the experiences I had with Skylar, my guide, were absolutely mind-blowing. Those first two years were definitely the most potent and the most magical probably in my entire life because everything was so new. You know, even this one time during a meditation, I was still getting used to how spirit spoke to me, which was a lot through a transfer of thought. Again, just like so much of it unknowing. It was never just anything disembodied that I experienced, but I expected other people had experienced. 
And one time I heard Skylar say in my mind, take off your necklace and hold it up. And I did. And I took off my necklace. It was actually an indicolite crystal, which is known as the medium stone. I was using every tool I could to try to get like more energy or like more connected. In those early years, you're really kind of relying on things external to yourself, not realizing you are the magic and you are the only tool you need. For a mediumship, I had crystals and cards and all sorts of stuff. But I held up this necklace and it literally started spinning in a circle and I was not spinning it. And I was so blown away and I was so like my jaw was on the ground. It was one of the most magical experiences of my life. The only thing I could compare it to is when I did my first table tipping, which was by far the most incredible spiritual experience I've ever had in my life. But this was up there with that. And I held it up and I was Googling it after I'm like holding up necklace, necklace spinning, necklace spinning. And it took me a long time because I didn't know what this was, but I came across pendulums and I'd never heard of one before. And because you have to remember before I developed as a medium, like I was a ghost hunter, like semi-professionally, I was in a very organized group. I was like traveling some places in Europe to go to haunted locations. And I was working with race cars. So in a very masculine energy, I didn't have outside of ghost hunting, which I stopped doing when I was 24. I didn't have a whole lot of spiritual people in my life or spiritual hobbies. So this was all very you know, new to me. And it was a very profound experience. And then I became very reliant on the pendulum. And it took me a long time to realize, I'm like, I think that this thing's kind of like moving to my will. And I would test it a few times. I'm like, why is this thing like lying to me? And I stopped giving my power away to the pendulum. But that took a little bit of spiritual maturity to kind of like, you know, grow into before I was ready to kind of like release that. So after about three years of developing under that one mentor, I was still very much in the closet doing practice readings, but they were all going very well. And, you know, I, I give this example to a lot of my students. Well, all my students have probably heard the story, but after that first connection with that woman's son and the first class I went to, I didn't know what I was doing. There was no structure or anything. I still didn't understand what had happened or how to make it happen again, or if it would happen again or whatnot. And I remember the first practice reading I went into after that, as part of the mediumship development class, by the way, she moved me over to the mediumship development class. She's like, you're not meant for this generalized class. You need to go into mediumship. All I saw in my mind's eye was a tree. And that was the entire reading was tree. I see a tree. I didn't know how to move past that tree. I didn't know how to pair another Claire, which totally rhymes, pair another Claire with that vision and how to create something, you know, multidimensional or that has like depth and meaning to it. And so I had a long way to go. And I really recognized and realized that. And because I was only training once a month, things went pretty slow for me considering, but I'm happy that things unfolded the way they did. And we eventually moved up into doing readings for the public in her space and doing psychic fairs. And for some reason, I would always be really booked out and people really enjoyed sessions with me. It was hard for me to kind of like believe that because being a perfectionist Virgo and being someone who always struggled with confidence in their life, I didn't believe when people were like saying nice things about me, <laughs> you know, and I definitely never felt good enough. And so I really just was in disbelief in those early first few years if I was even meant to do readings for the public. 
And I remember the first time I did a workshop outside of my uh, mentor, which was Mavis Batilla. I did a week long workshop with her in Vancouver. She flew to Vancouver then. So it was like the retreat kind of thing. And I remember saying to her, like, I see people who are like, you know, developing for like under a year and then like they launch their website and they're ready to go. Like, why do I not feel like doing that? And she said, well, either you're afraid or your soul's just not calling you to work for the public and just honor that. And so that really kind of relieved me of a lot of pressure because I thought I had to follow a very similar path as my mentor. And I definitely knew I did not have the thick skin to do that type of work yet. So I kind of decided, okay, I guess my soul will just tell me when it's time to take that next step. And I relieved myself of any pressure outside of that. But then what happened after that was like all these opportunities kept coming to me. And the first opportunity was my friend who was a shamanic teacher asked me to come to her winter solstice event and do some readings for like $20. So I was like, yeah, I guess I could do that. And I only had space to do four 20 minute readings just because of the timetable and the schedule. And I booked out like all four readings and I didn't realize that I was the only practitioner at that event that booked out. And I had a great experience. It was actually, you know, the first time I really walked through fear and my mediumship was doing that one event. And I remember going to a friend's Christmas party after, and she's like, how did it go? Because she was one of the few people I was like, oh my God, it was amazing. I can't believe that I can do that and that this is anything. And I was so blown away. And that really kind of like opened up my energy to potentially doing this as a path. And the rest is history after that, to be honest with you, when it comes to that switch between when do you go from practice readings to doing it for the public? For me, it was like an invitation almost that I said yes to, and I could have said no to, but I said yes. And I loved that feeling. And so I kept walking through fear every single time I opened up sessions and they would book out. And I would show up scared every single time, every single time it would like work out. It actually didn't work out for my first time about five or six years in, but I was worried about that one time it wouldn't work out for all that time, which is a waste of energy. But sticking more to the development path, my first few years, just to kind of summarize, was basically doing something daily myself on my own, kind of making it up and letting spirit be my guide and be my mentor. Like, okay, I'm going to sit in the power and then you're going to inspire me on what to look up or do next. And it was a lot of fun. It was really kind of cool. It felt very innocent to me, to be honest with you, because I didn't have a whole lot of exposure outside of John Edwards and Sylvia Brown. And I don't even think I was aware of Long Island Medium back then, you know, and obviously my mentor on what was a potential for this path. So everything felt very, very innocent for me. Now, after I stopped developing under that one mentor, I did do a Tony Stockwell retreat. I worked with him for like a week-long retreat, which was also absolutely incredible. This was after my near-death experience, but it was before the birth of my son. And then, of course, after the birth of my son is when I went professional. I went full-time. I came out of the closet fully because life is too short. I almost died at like 34. I'm like, I'm not wasting any more time and I'm going out. But I was still developing. And so I was still, you know, working under mentors. I was still doing workshops. I was still doing practice readings to a large extent, as well as balancing the desire for people who wanted to do paid readings with me. And let me tell you, there's an energetic shift that occurs when you go from doing free practice readings to 
paid readings. It's almost like you build up the confidence and practice readings where you're like still wanting to meet the need because that was like one of my biggest fears as a developing medium was like, am I going to meet this person's need? That was for me the biggest goal and like the biggest fear was like not meeting their expectations. I mean, I wish I had somebody in my world back then who talked about expectations and who talked about how waste of energy they are. And like, all you have to do is show up with like an open heart and just see what comes through this kind of like playful energy more than like, Oh my God. Oh my God, please show up. Please show up. Please come, please come. Like that's how my early, early development was. It took me a long time to lead myself out of that mindset. And it took me quite a few practice readings, quite a few. Like the reason why it took me years to go into the public was because I had this goal in my mind of doing 150 free practice readings. And I had an online blog and I had a ticker counter and I was keeping everyone informed of how my development was going. By the way, my podcast started because of this online blog. It's hidden now. You can't actually access it or find it. And I never advertised. It was just something that people could stumble across and find. And it did help quite a few people out because it was documenting every spiritual experience I'd had. And it was pretty profound. So I had a ticker there for 150. And by the time I hit 150, which took me three years because things were moving pretty slow for me, I knew that it was time to start charging. So could I still perform under that pressure of meeting the ex- people's expectations when they were putting money in the game? That was like the next fear I kind of had to go through, which is just something you have to walk through yourself. There's no one who can prepare you for it. And there's nobody who can tell you exactly how it's going to go. But that was like the next phase of my development was really, okay, now can you perform? And I'm putting performing quotes because we also don't want to perform as mediums. But what I did experience was performance anxiety. So I do have to be real about that. And I could, and and things went really well. So then I was like, okay, consistently enough now I can show up. And I know spirit always comes through, which was one of my first podcast episodes, because that was an early development fear of mine. What if spirit doesn't show up? And then I had enough years experience to say, okay, spirit always shows up, but now I have to show up and I have to show up in a very specific way. So the next phase of my development was really more around multiple spirits, discerning multiple spirits, instead of, you know, asking the world of spirit, what I used to do was say, the one that has like the most in common with me, because spirit would use our references. And so I'm like, whoever has like the most in common with me, if you could come through first, that would be awesome. And if I can connect with you, that was like very scaredy cat Danielle approach. And eventually how I started to challenge myself in my development was just telling the world of spirit, again, making my declarations, can the spirit who they want to hear from the most come through first? So I started making these little bit more courageous steps and, you know, move forward in my development. And I hope to get like two or three spirits to come through in this one reading. And then I also remember bringing in the psychic stuff after I went professional For about six to eight months, every person who sat in front of me didn't need mediumship. They wanted psychic. So I had to teach myself how to tune in psychically because I've never taken a psychic class and I'm very trained in mediumship, which is very structured in a way like there's a structure and there's a certain level of expectations on what it is and what you should be able to produce. But with psychic, it really felt to me like I could say anything and it wasn't incredibly evidential. So I had to find a way to bring evidence into my psychic work so that I could feel good about it. And so I had this almost like boot camp set up by spirit, my spirit team, 
to learn to tune in psychically. And so I had about six or eight months where I hardly even touched mediumship. Everyone just wanted psychic. And then when it came time to go back into the mediumship again, I was scared because I was like, oh my God, like, I don't remember the last time I had somebody need mediumship. And so it was a big test for me back then too, to realize, even though some time has passed, it still works just like it did before. And actually I'm more confident now because I'm not afraid of the psychic information. And that's how I kind of learned to marry what I call soul and mediumship. So most readings I do now will be a blend of both of them. Though I will say, I way do prefer the mediumship, to be honest with you. For one, it's got depth to it. It's got a lot of depth to it. It's got a lot of meaning to it. It's got a lot of purpose to it. I get to feel like I touched heaven, blending with spirit. There's just so many things I love about mediumship. So over the years of development, you know, I had that circle I was in for quite a few years. I did a couple of retreats with some of like the greats of our time. I did one-on-one mentorship with a few other mentors. But what I did find after a certain amount of time, which is what I want to talk about as part of this episode, was looking back at my development, I'm glad I took all those courses and I'm glad I was in that circle for such a long time. And I regret nothing, but I do look back and realize that the biggest part of my development was actually in the sessions. It was actually doing what we had talked about in the classes. Even though we had talked about a lot of the things in the classes, it didn't necessarily fully prepare me for what actually happened out in the field. So looking back, I see very much. And even now, because I did mentor with two people last year, and this year I'm going to go with no mentorship. I'm just going to let Spirit be my mentor. But I can see how when we're in our practice sessions, how our guides then become our mentors. And we're learning most of our craft actually in the practice sessions. So that's why I structured my initiation program, the 12-week program, to include two practice readings a week. Because looking back at those early years of development, the only thing I wish that was done a little bit differently is that there was some encouragement, direction, or even provided for us an opportunity to practice between those four weeks. Because I feel like my path went pretty slow because of that, but it also went slow because I was healing a lot of fear and doubts within myself. And, you know, I recognize now that the difference between a good medium and a great medium is confidence. And so that has been the biggest journey in the last two years of mediumship development for me. So we're talking years seven and eight has been really around owning it and just owning that I'm a medium, owning that I'm a good medium and owning that I'm good enough. You know what I mean? I'm good enough. And so it's been really a journey around getting to that next level with my mediumship through confidence. And here I was thinking that, oh, when I can get this, you know, say names, I'll be more confident. Or, you know, when I'm able to bring in like three spirits every reading, I'll know that I'm confident enough. It's like I was waiting for an external circumstance to make me feel confident and make me feel good enough. But I didn't realize that's the other way around. I'm like, you'll actually get those things when you know that you're enough and you'll actually get those things when you know your worth. And I w- that's been one of my biggest breakthroughs for the past year. And then one of the other things the spirit said to me last year was your only limitation in your mediumship is your beliefs. That is it. You are literally limitless. Everything you want to receive 
and pass on, you can get, but there's a belief in you that you can't, or it's not time yet. And that's your only limitation. It's not us. It's not your sitter. It's you. And so my, you know, more advanced development, I would say is really around that mindset work and that belief system work. And then giving myself the vulnerable moments of still being in practice readings to stretch myself. So yeah, development is a really beautiful path and it's very different for everybody. I didn't realize until a couple of years in that so much of the mediumship development path is actually the inner work. It's actually the healing work. And there's no way to bypass your healing of your fears or your doubts about yourself without like there's no way to separate them. You're going to be developing in the technique, in the structure, in the mechanics of mediumship, and you're going to be healing at the exact same time. So a lot of people will wait till they're healed to step into this work, but you're always going to have stuff to heal. That's the human journey, unfortunately. I mean, I don't know for sure. I mean, I would love to meet someone who is like, oh, no, I'm done my healing. And I have a cruising now. I have yet to meet such a unicorn in my life. So if you know one, I would love to know about it because I know that even some of the greats that I love to follow still have healing to do and are still involved in their healing. So the mediumship development journey for me was one of great healing and it was one of deep personal growth. And one of my other epiphanies around reflecting upon my almost nine years now of development, and I still consider doing my readings developing, and I still think I'm going to be developing my whole life. I don't think I'll ever consider myself to be not a developing medium, because I hope that there's always going to be more I can achieve and more I can strive for, or else I feel like it would be very boring. So I hope I'm always going to be developing, and I'm just certain that I will be. I'm certain that I will be. But one of the things that I didn't take into consideration is how much we develop in our real life and in our regular life. Like your development, if you have an intention and you've made a declaration to see what this path could mean for you, everything that happens for you during that time is actually going to be beneficial for your development as well. I can recognize that so many of the conflicts that me and my husband have had around my development, around money and the time away, and the fact that, you know, our belief systems are just so different here, have supported me so much in my mentoring and so much in my mediumship readings. Like the references that I have now, because I've had those conversations and those emotions and those experiences kind of help me be a better light worker and a better medium. Same with, you know, I find it mind blowing. Like I love history and I love Tudorian times. Like I love the Tudor times. And so I've read and listened to every Philippa Gregory novel. Those are almost guilty pleasures for me. And I love learning about the queens and kings and, you know, royalty of the past. And I will listen to a Philippa Gregory novel. And then sure enough, in the next few readings, there is some reference from that book that I listened to or I read that comes up in one of my sessions. Same with watching Queer Eye. I love Queer Eye on Netflix. The new episode is bomb, by the way. The new episodes that were just released like last week. I love them. I crush them in two days. I will watch a show that has nothing to do with spirituality. And then lo and behold, in one of my mentoring sessions or one of my mediumship sessions, a reference, a phrase, a saying, an appearance, a symbol, something will come up from that. And then same with my career in corporate. 
I can see how those eight years in the corporate world and working in that atmosphere and also getting the experience. You know, when I talk about that episode on my journey to confidence, a lot of it was around my eight years I spent in corporate. That had nothing to do with my spirituality. It had nothing to do with my mediumship. But that is where I learned to hold my energy. That is where I really learned how capable I am. Without the confidence that I got through those eight years of experience, it completely translated over to my mediumship. And so I really want to kind of wrap up this conversation with saying that the development path is going to be very different for everybody. And when you declare that you're on the path, everything's interwoven and intertwined. And so how we experience our life actually supports us in our development as well. And development doesn't have to be expensive. I took a very, I'm going to say traditional path, even though it was like done in home circles, it wasn't really done through the spirituals church or anything like that, which I would consider to be a very traditional path. I did sit in development circles and I did do practice readings before I did professional readings. And I, I struggled with a lot of different things, which I'll talk about in the future episodes coming up. I might take one at a time and do maybe mini episodes on them because I know so much you guys are experiencing them too. But I just didn't realize how much of my life experiences was translating into my mediumship development. So I did take maybe a little bit more of an expensive path through workshops and retreats and classes. But there are great examples out there of people who have never been mentored and have never taken a class. I don't recommend that necessarily, but there are amazing examples out there of people who are incredible, who have taken that more non-traditional path. So you might want to look at Laura Lynn Jackson. She's the Goop Labs um, medium, and she was also highlighted in Surviving Death, that documentary on Netflix that was very controversial amongst mediums. But you can read her book, The Light Between Us, and she, she shares her journey of development, which was very phenomenal for me to read. She was actually the first example ever read of somebody who developed outside of a circle or outside of a class and workshop and not being mentored. And she's a great example of how you can see how spirit can mentor you. So, you know, you don't have to take a very traditional path. But what I will say is it is in the doing. You can read all the books, take all the classes, hear all the philosophy, study all the different readings. But until you're in the arena yourself and experiencing what it feels like to be under that pressure, to connect with that world of spirit, to serve somebody from the heart, that's where you're going to be doing your biggest growth. And that's where the development really unfolds and takes place. Okay. So that's how come sometimes when I have a bigger break between readings, because so much of my career now is like teaching and mentoring and I miss doing readings so much, like I'll sneak them in as much as I can. I love still being in the arena. I'm like, cause I, that's where I get my development. That's where the things come up that I like to teach about and talk about. And I really want to be embodied in my craft. So I'm going to always continue to do readings, but that's where the greatest work is. So if you have an opportunity and you are developing outside of a class, look at just asking a friend to sit with you and, you know, opening up your heart and setting an intention and doing what you need to do to kind of get into that space and just see what comes through. That's what happened my first time. I see shadows, one's taller than the other. I know that that means one's older than the other. And I know one of them's a male. And I know that he's young, like I want to say like 18, 19, and he was 18. And I want to say the name and I'm I'm not going to say the name, but I said the name and it was like very close to it. It was just like one letter that was off. And, you know, I was just saying what I was getting, like, it doesn't actually have to be that complicated. I found that it got more complicated the more I knew. 
there's like this ebb and flow that happens in development. It's like you're very innocent and natural at the beginning. And then you become a bit unnatural because you know more and then you can tend to overcomplicate things. And then sooner or later, you're like, F it all. <laughs> I'm tired of being drained. I'm just going to go back into my natural way that I learned how to do it and how I initially did it. And that's why like in the initiation, I don't necessarily teach a structure because my passion is to have people learn mediumship in their most natural way. So it's like creating a space, creating a container, creating, you know, this, the space for you to play. Because what I find and what I feel, especially through mentoring for these past five years, is people usually end up rocking their abilities how they started out, which is your most natural way. So I'm super interested in people having really natural experiences, right? And then they'll learn different techniques and structures and kind of like feel constricted and then they'll end up in their natural state once more. So that's my experience with it. You know, a lot of it is very much a declaration. You actually have to choose and declare that you're going to be on this path. If you're looking for that signier sign, you're probably going to be looking for signs for a very long time. And then when you finally hop on the path, you realize, whoa, could have been here years ago. You never miss an opportunity. So don't beat up on yourself if you feel like you have missed something. It comes back again. Again, I recognize at 17 and at 20. 223 24 I had every opportunity at my disposal to hop on the development path and I ignored them it just wasn't even part of my realm of potentiality to be honest with you I had that little faith in myself and I don't regret it I'm happy it happened at 31 I'm so happy with where I'm at today and it happened absolutely perfectly for me so don't look for that sign don't look for spirit to like drop feathers at your feet if you want to hop on this path if you're interested in it hop on it declare to spirit. I'm going to see what this is all about. And I'm going to see what potential lies within me. Okay. And if you're interested, the initiation starts January 21st, 12 week mediumship foundations experience. I set you up with two practice readings a week with peers, by the way, not the public peers. It's a 52 self-study course module plus six live classes with me and a community with full access to me seven days a week ish ish. I might take a day or two off here or there, but it's an incredible experience. I've had hundreds of people go through this program. Many of them are still in my world today through different programs and my membership that I offer the spirit school collective, but do consider taking the initiation 12 week mediumship development experience. If you are curious about it, because I love it. This will be my fifth time running it. It's what I wish I had. What I created was what I wish I had all those years ago. And so I get really excited about sharing that because it's not only what I know today, but what I wish I knew then for your first three years of development. So people are coming in with no experience and we've had people come in who are already working professionally in their first three years and still gain so much knowledge and experience. So it's a beginner and intermediate program. Hope to see you there. Doors are open till the 19th. And I hope you enjoyed some of these stories and experiences. And I will be going deeper into some of these topics in upcoming episodes. So for now, I love you and I'll leave you and I will see you next time I feel inspired to record a podcast episode. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Spirit School. If you did, please leave me a review and a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you do feel called to share this with your friends, thank you for tagging me on Instagram at Squamish Medium so I can also share. It really helps get the word out about the podcast. If you're interested in working with me in my one-on-one mentorship, a reading, or all the various programs that I run, you can go to squamishmedium.com or check me out on Instagram at Squamish 
Amish Medium. The link in the bio has everything I am currently working on in service to the world of spirit. Have a great day, guys.